And we're back, Stripe Show Podcast. On a Tuesday, every Tuesday, we're here. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. Today's podcast brought to you by About Golf Simulators, glowing in the backdrop. See the logo there, American Express. That's where we are. Back on the mainland in California, Palm Springs. Great spot. Been there a couple different times over the last few years. And on a Tuesday, best bets, full breakdown. You know what that means. Our man, Keith Stewart, joining us from the LPGA Tour event there at Lake Nona. Am I right? You are correct. I'm coming to you live from the uh, office of the director of golf here. Matt Collis has uh, been nice enough to let me borrow a quiet spot here amongst the maelstrom of celebrities and LPGA tournament winners over the last two years, a field of 36. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really, this is really one of the cool events. And it, it's such a stark contrast, just for a second, it's such a stark contrast to what's going on in the desert and what we're going to talk about at the Amex where there's 156 players, a bunch mm-hmm. of pro-am people, three different golf courses and everything. Whereas if you come over to the East Coast, you come to Orlando, you have 36 tournament winners from the LPGA. They're all superstars, you know, You've got Brooke, Nelly, Lilia Vu. I mean, you've got all the, the names of, that count right now. And then they're paired up with, you know, some of the greatest celebrities that play golf right now that are current. And it's just, it's a ton of fun. It's, yeah. it's, it's really good. And the field is manageable. So you, like you really, if you're a fan here and you mm-hmm. live in Orlando and you want to come out, it's so much fun. So much fun. At Read the Line, that's his uh, his business. So he, he he doesn't only pick winners on the PGA Tour, but how many did you pick on the LPGA Tour last year? Uh, oh, man. Uh, six. I put you on the spot. Six? Yeah. Six, yeah. yeah. Eight PGA Tour, six, yeah. Wow, 14 yeah. total. Yeah. Let's, uh, let, let's, let's talk about the Sony um, last week before oh. we uh, get to the American Express Championship. Sony opened right. there uh, in Hawaii. Of course, they went Century where Chris Kirk – uh, won his six PGA Tour event, and then they head over to uh, uh, the Sony, and Grayson Murray uh, gets his second win. And and yeah. look, I've known Grayson um, for a little bit over the last year and a half. Uh, he came on the podcast a little over a year ago, and I think back to that time when he came on that podcast, and then I watch Grayson play over the weekend, and I watch his press conference afterwards. And it really is amazing, I think, how much Grayson Murray has changed his life. Because when he came on the podcast a little over a year ago, uh, it was that it was the tournament, Keith, where him and Kevin Na got into it. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. When him and was YLA. That's right. Sony. 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 Yeah. So him and Kevin Na get into it on on the range, and and Grayson was pissed, and so was Kevin Na. But anyway, there was an altercation. And not knowing this, Grayson comes on the podcast and tells the story. I'm like, wait, what? That that really happened just yeah. now, today. Yeah. And um, and Grayson, of course, um, has been um, very transparent. He's been very open about uh, his alcoholism, his battle with um, anxiety and depression. And all of this comes on, you know, the heels of Chris Kirk, who won the week before, who, you know, really did the same thing just three or four years ago. And so it's been amazing, really, in Hawaii to see Chris Kirk, who has battled that, to to see Grayson Murray, who more recently has battled that, and come out on the other side and be open and be transparent. I, I think it's it's really something listening to him in that press conference. Um, 
and just how far he has come. We were texting this morning. Um, he's playing this week. He's going to come on the podcast next week and share a little bit more about his journey. But big props to Grayson Murray. Hey, I, I mean, century winner, Chris Kirk, 200 to one, Grayson Murray, yeah. uh, 400 to one. I mean, I, I think we, Man, the, the impact of dry January is being felt all over the PGA yeah. Tour. Yes. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> when, he, when he said, when he said his first, his first event that he won, the, was it Barbasol? I think he won Barbasol, right? Yeah. He, he, yeah. he said that he played three of the four days hungover and he won that event. And yeah. what was interesting, and this will, it'll be fun to talk to him next week about all of that is that he said it was probably the best thing that could have happened to him, obviously winning as a rookie, winning hungover three out of the four days. But it was the worst thing that could have happened to him because it really just kind of, you know, encouraged him to continue to go down that path. And it just doesn't work that way. So he's in a great spot. Um, wow, what a, what, a, uh, what a great wedge shot to get into the playoff. Yeah. And then, you know, he makes a long putt to, to win the playoff. So, so props to... Um, to Grayson Murray uh, for the win, but more importantly, for getting his life on track. I like what I see. Look forward to catching up uh, to him next week. All right, let's get to the American Express Championship in Palm Springs. I uh, went out there the last two years. Good spot. I uh, did some things for the show called The Cut. Got to spend some time with the multiple players out there. And uh, look, man, it's Palm Springs. The weather's perfect. It's a little chilly at night. The grass is fantastic. Desert golf. I mean, it's just comfortable, you know? I mean, yeah. it's just so comfortable out there. And, of course, they play three different golf courses here. That's the first thing we have to set up here, Keith. Everyone has to know there's three courses. You know, they play yeah. the Pete Dye Stadium. They play the Nicholas course. They play La Quinta Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Everybody rotates around. And then uh, and then Sunday they go back to Dye Stadium. The first three days – uh, this is a pro-am atmosphere, uh, so they do have an amateur in each group, which is noted because, you know, I think some players do better that with others, but also the pin placements tend to be a little bit easier as well. So, you know, these guys are going to go low. This is another birdie fest. You saw Rom last year, 27 under. Uh, you saw Swafford the year before that, 23. Both those guys have won this tournament twice, Siwoo at 23. So we're going to be in the mid-20s. We know that. We need someone that can make some damn birdies. We need someone that's patient. We need someone that likes desert golf. What else do we need this week in Palm Springs? Well, I mean, I think it's important and you're laying it out there for everybody is that there's a lot of change. There's a lot of adjusting going on over the course of the four days. I mean, you're playing three different golf courses over 72 holes. Um, you have to be very aggressive in the way that you play. You also have to be aware of who your playing partners are You're in in the pro-am aspect of everything for the first three days, you have three days to get to the cut. And, you know, normally it's a sprint through the first 36 holes to get there. And now it's three days, it's 54 holes to get there. Um, and I think change sometimes when you become so routine as these guys are on the PGA tour um, is difficult. And, and I think that that's why you tend to see um, a lot of long shots come through here. You know, over the last five years, the average pre-tournament um, odds for the winners is like 215 to 1. Mm -hmm. And that includes like a, you know, like a 10 to 1 John Rahm. So mm -hmm. the other four guys, I mean, are people like that... Landry, Andrew Landry won here. 
Adam Long, you know, Long. I mean, yeah, I mean, and it's, it's one of those things where when you start to look at all three golf courses are in the top 10 shortest on the PGA tour, you've got, uh, what is it? It's like nearly 80% of the 54 holes have a birdie rate over 15%. And mm-hmm. people say, well, Keith, what does that mean? I mean, that means in a 156 man field, like 25 guys are birdying every hole, like every hole, you know, not to mention the fact that it, it's like 35% of the holes get birdied a quarter of the time. So, you know, if, if you're even par through nine holes, I mean, yeah, I mean, you just have to light it up. And what does that require at this golf course? Well, if it's short, it requires a wedge. Scoring clubs need to be hot. And then, of course, it requires a putter like that of JT Poston or or somebody like that that's mm-hmm. just just can basically go nuclear with that thing because you're going to need to average. You know, I, I looked at the numbers last year when Rom won. The top ten finishers averaged thirty birdies mm. through the four rounds. So you know that's what seven and a half birdies a day to get to thirty. So maybe there's some eagles thrown in there, so it's not quite as high. But I mean, that's the key to what's happening here is that you just have to continue to put your, pe- you know, foot down on the pedal and just keep making birdie after birdie after birdie. Not even look at, not even look at the scoreboards. And uh, uh, I love weeks. I mean, look at those first two weeks. The endings were absolutely electric, and then this is the actual week where where crazy stuff's supposed to happen. So mm-hmm. God only knows what we're going to get this week. Well, let's go to birdies here. Let's let's take it to just the birdie statistic here. And I'm going to go over the last 100 rounds, which I know is a little skewed because it goes into last year and there was a break. But you, you go last 100 rounds, birdies, Eric Cole's number one. How about that? Eric Cole is number one. Scheffler, oh, two. No surprise. Cantley, three. Fowler, four. Zalatoris, a little skewed, five. I'm going to I'm gonna save number six because he's going to be my first look, so I'm not going to share that. Shoffley, seven. Your, no, I'm not going there. Sung J.M., who's... Very popular this week, eight. Wyndham Clark, nine. Justin Suh, 10. Finau, Batia. Uh, ah. Justin Thomas. You know, these are going down in order. You know, these are the guys, Sam Ryder, we know, can play on the West Coast. Jason Dage, our boy, J.T. Poston, who had a just a stellar Sunday to, to run up the board, which we were all over that leaderboard last week, but we just didn't have uh, Grayson Murray. Yeah. But um those are those are your birdie leaders. You got to get a lot of looks and you got to convert on those looks to your point to get into um into the mid 20s. So I want to I want to go to our first look here. We're going to start All the right. uh, and I'm going to I'm going to and I'm going to lead us off first. All right, so my first look. 50 to 1. Ooh. He's six in birdies over the last 100 rounds. He was fifth here last year. I got to spend some time with him actually uh, on the range last year for the cut. He's a very interesting guy. He's a West Coast guy. He's the best putter on the PGA Tour, and that's Taylor Montgomery. Now, what did I say last year that Taylor needed to do? What did I say? That Taylor Montgomery needs to work on ball striking, approach game. All the above. He, need, he needs to work on boss. There he is. I mean, if that doesn't look like Dustin Johnson, I don't know what does. Right now, he looks like Dustin Johnson a little bit out of dress. He looks like Dustin Johnson at the top of the swing with that lead wrist. Doesn't look so much like Dustin Johnson at the bottom. <laughs> no. Um, no. And and not yet anyway. And the reason 
is because Montgomery doesn't have the shaft lean that Dustin Johnson had. Now, this is weird to say, okay, Keith, that a PGA Tour player is working on getting more shaft lean. Like, that is a – like, you don't hear that a lot amongst teachers and players that are working on their game. Like, most of the time, if anything, with a lot of the top players, you're trying to get a little bit out. You're trying to manage it like yeah. a DJ. Like, Tiger got to a point where his shaft lean got a little excessive, and when that does, they can't control the ball flight. For Taylor, like – his driver, he hits it a long ways, but his iron's not proportionate because he doesn't have the shaft lean, doesn't compress it enough. And so he's been working with Butch Harmon. And by golly, Keith, Taylor Montgomery, his ball striking is starting to improve. His iron game is starting to improve. Last week, Sony Open, he was 13th. Positive 1.7 approach. Before that, RSM Classic, positive 2.4 approach. His wedge game is better. He's got plenty of length. His short game is fine. And ladies and gentlemen, he is the best putter in the PGA Tour. So he was fifth here last year. His iron game is going this way. He can make a ton of birdies. I'm going to stretch it out a little bit. First look, Taylor Montgomery, Las Vegas, West Coast boy. Well, I have to contradict you on one thing. <laughs> okay. And that is, is that I've heard that said before. Not from me. No, not from you. I was sitting in the press room out at Shriners Children's Open back in October. And Taylor Montgomery, being a Vegas guy, he was one of the people that was called in to do press interviews. And he mentioned all of that. And he broke it down. And he said, it got to the point where I couldn't hit my eight iron 150 yards. And the guys in my group, he goes, I was like, he he was so transparent about it. He was kind of like on par threes. I was hiding what I was hitting mm-hmm. because he was on tour and he's a tour caliber driver. He's a tour caliber putter for sure. But short game. His, his his approach game was really short games, magnificent, right? But his approach game and his compression of the golf ball was severely lacking. And then you just laid it all out. But he, I mean, he spelled it all out for everyone in the room. We were all kind of like, man, you don't hear that often. No. That somebody was like that open and honest about their struggles. And then I saw him a month later at RSM. And I remember, I think I sent you a video or something. And I said, you know, like, what do you think about this? And you could tell that somebody had dug in there and was making some serious changes. And golly, I mean, he was second on approach last week, finishing what, 13th, I think. And uh, he, he wasn't very good at putting last week. And he's a great putter. So, yeah. um It'd be interesting to see him go to a place. Again, I, I mentioned he lives in Vegas, so we're going to the desert. He's very used to desert golf. And uh um, I like that first click. That's a pretty good one. You yeah. Know. I thought I should do something a little different. I, I knew you wouldn't you wouldn't be expecting that. Who's yours? I'm not well, I expounded upon that because I'm I'm not gonna surprise anybody by telling you that um at the top of the board, um the one guy that I'm featuring is JT Poston, for sure. You know, it's the only reason he didn't win that tournament this past weekend was his, you know, kind of un un JT start on the weekend of, you know, three over for the first three holes. Yeah. But if you look at him past that point, I mean, the guy went absolutely low and now he's going to a place where it's going to benefit his putting even more. And we've seen that the ball striking in the late fall and now in the early start to the season and this guy's got win equity. And that's yep. the one thing that if he and Taylor are coming head to head on Sunday, 
Um, JT, as we just saw, who shot 61 or, or nine under on Sunday, he was not scared at all to go low. And um, I, I think we're going to see more of that. I also think that um, JT is one of those guys uh, that's very personable. He comes across that way every time yeah, I talk for to sure. him. So it, it's like in a pro-am environment, he's not going to really change his routine. Um, you know, the really quiet guys, um, tend to not play in those events because they're, they're forced to talk to people and, you know, JT be a good member guest partner. And, uh, um, I am gonna, I, I am going to throw a little Montgomery back at you, but, um, you know, when you got to go first click and you, you got one shot at this thing, um, and he's there, man, fifth at the century, sixth yep. at the Sony. And the only reason he finished the sixth at the Sony is because Carl Yuan, you know, got a gift from the uh, USGA there. So, you know, like, I mean, he would have had back-to-back top fives and would have been absolutely, you know, in, in everyone's mind, capable of winning at Wiley. And, and certainly he could do it here too. All right, there you go. 30 to one Poston, 50 to one Montgomery. We're out of the gate running. I agree. I've bet Poston already. We were both on him last week. He'd finish yeah. T6, um, throw Montgomery in there at 50. All right, we go back up to the top of the board. And, you know, I've been bullish on Scheffler and these putting changes. I, you know, I like what I'm seeing, the work that he's done with, uh, with Phil Kenyon. He's coming in at five. Cantley loves his place at nine. Xander faded away, um, at, uh, at the century. He's, what is he right now? Nine, 10 to one. Uh, Sung Jay is popular here over the last five rounds. No one's played this course better when it comes to strokes game total. He played good last week in the wind. Now he comes to a place uh, that he likes. And then there's Tom Kim um, getting some play. So I'll stop there. You know, I think at the top of the board, look, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to say, hey, I like Sheffield this week. <laughs> like, you know, but I do think every time I think of the American Express Championship, the the name and the face that I just always see when I close my eyes is Patrick Cantley. Well, you know, it's just like, this is his place. Patrick Cantley, isn't it? I mean, the desert's Patrick Cantley's place. Yeah. Uh, I mean, flat out. I mean, his record here is very good. His record at the WMPO is very good. I don't think he's ever finished outside the top eight and five tries at uh, the Shriners that he's played there. So for something about that style of golf, um, maybe lack of trees along the fairways or something. It just suits his eye, but the guy is very capable of playing well there. But, mm -hmm. you know, you, you look at these three favorites and then some of the other names you mentioned, they get up to like 20 to one. So you've got three guys at like basically 11 to one and less. And then, you know, so the, the books are saying, Hey, these are the three favorites. Scotty's got to make 30 birdies. Can he do it with his ball striking? He could probably make 50 out of 72 holes. Can he do it with his putter? Maybe makes 20. And at five and a half to one, um, you're going to put him against, you know, 155 other guys. Not, not quite sure about that. And the other two guys, I mean, of those three, I think Cantley has the best chance, but let's be honest. Those golf courses, as I was talking about earlier, are so easy for the average PGA tour player yep. that when it comes down to it, you're not separating a Scotty and a Patrick Cantley and how great they are versus somebody that's, you know, I, I'm not picking on Grayson Murray, but somebody that's sitting at 400 to one. 
Yep. But yet, when Adam Long comes and wins this thing, and you, you know he's 250 to one or something like that, I mean, and it just keeps happening year after year after year. It goes to show you, first of all, how good everyone is on the PGA Tour. But then second is that the there is a razor, razor thin margin between all these guys and the golf course has to be super, super hard like next week at Torrey or major championship or the players or something like that to really separate the Scotty Schefflers of the world and how good they hit it versus the rest of those guys. So I just don't think it's worth it this week. Quick PSA for me. Um, and it's not a hot, hot take, whatever. I mean, I think the top three just aren't worth the money and we're going to spend a lot of time talking in that like 50 to a hundred range because those are the guys that quite frankly are, are really where on a week like this, let's make some money. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that's really well said. And and one of the reasons why, to your point that the odds have been what they've been for, for the winners uh, over the years uh, is because a lot of these vanilla pin placements, um, so I think it's it's it that's that's well taken and will be well received by the audience. Uh Cantley, you know, he was thirteenth, I think, at the at the century. He putted terrible, lost six strokes. So he'll probably be happy to get back to the desert where he feels comfortable um yeah. back on those services. Another guy that I'm curious at twenty two to one is uh Justin Thomas. And I'm just uh I'm just whoop, that's not Justin Thomas. Wait. Stand by. That is right there. There's Justin Thomas. You know, it's interesting. I did a big, you know, Justin, probably more than any other player, Keith, will post swings. I mean, that dude loves to post his golf swing yeah, and his putting stroke. And I love it. I appreciate that because I like to, uh, you know, capture those videos. And, um, you know, he's always working on getting his hands wider and, then, you know, the, the lead arm upright. I mean, this, this dude is out and up. I mean, this dude is not in and around. But what's interesting is during his heyday, look at the bottom there, Keith. Look at the difference yeah. between his hand path on the bottom left versus the hand path on the top left. Like, that was a, that was Ryder Cup at the bottom there. That year, JT was playing great. It's interesting, right? His hand yeah. path was more in. His lead arm was a little deeper. The club face was a little bit more square. And he was playing great. But yet, every video I see on top, his hands are out wider and the face is rotated more open. I don't know. It's just worth kind of throwing out there from a an instruction point of view. I'm fascinated to see how JT rebounds this year. I think um some of the initial um vibes have been pretty good, you know, like he's he looks better. Yeah. But we'll see. You know, we'll see if JT can get back to um where he was. I thought I would just kind of throw that up there a little 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 nugget from uh Travis hey, off Instagram. Quick quick uh breaking news. In yeah. the 20s you've got two JTs and you know who I'm taking. So your boy you JT go. Poston. What about this boy here? There's another guy in the 20. What is he? No, he's 30. 30, 25 on a few books. Man, this used to be. I saw Sam Burns at the Amex. I think was it last year or two years ago? And I know his his um his coach Brad Poland. And, um, and Brad knows I've been on when Sam was climbing the ranks and coming out, I was all over him. I was like, look, you gotta, you gotta watch this guy. And so Brad told Sam, you know, like, yeah, this, this guy's a big fan of yours. And I, Sam saw me kind of approach him and he kind of, he thought I might've been a stalker or something. <laughs> he was like, keep this guy at arm's length from me. 
But um, yeah, where's Sam Burns at? I, I'm I'm not going to bet him. I think we need to let Sammy warm up a little bit, get Bermuda Burns over here on the East Coast. Another guy that's getting some play though. Before I let you drive the ship, is Minwoo Lee. You got any stock in him this week? Oh, I tell you, I mean, there's a guy that's rolling his rock in some serious fashion. I mean, you're talking about Taylor Montgomery. I'm talking about JT Poston. Minwoo Lee had a winner to remember with the flat stick, and uh, you know his stocking was full. There's no doubt about that. And everybody loves this guy's swagger. So, I mm-hmm. mean, I, I think that in a pro-am week where you got to show a little personality, I think he's a good fit. Uh, I think with anything, there's a learning curve. You know, for the vast majority, I know that some people come out and they just win, you know, a la like a Rosang last year in the LPGA. First start, she wins. Um, but that's not the case for everybody. Um, you know, even took Tiger, what, five starts to win? No. So, I'm, you know, I, I think that Minwoo shows a lot of promise, especially in major season because of the way he strikes the golf ball. And if the putter is acting like that, I think that uh, maybe not a birdie fest, but a place like a, like a Torrey Pines a week from now. Oh, baby. Yeah. Oh, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Min was sure. interesting. Min was interesting. I mean, he, he is a good driver of the ball. His iron game is erratic, though. I mean, it, it's flipping a coin at times with his iron game. Yeah. Um, I, I think his, his putter can heat up and go. You know, he's just a, he's a, he's got, he's got swag, but he's, he, he's a guy that re- kind of feels like when he knows he's got it going, it, he can take it to, a really high level. Like he can drive that momentum and go. But if the iron game is off, which it can be, and when it's off, it's, it's really off, you know? So there's a big gap in there for me with Min Wu. It's just, who who are you going to get? I'm probably going to, I'm going to pass on Min Wu this week. Um, But as we go down to the board, take me to a spot, drive the ship here as we, as we get into the middle of the boards, because now we see Day, Finau, Cole, Clark, Kim, Kirk, Montgomery. Yes. Adam Hadwin, yeah. who's could be interesting. Where, where are you going to take me? Well, I mean, you just mentioned all the names. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, um, I mean, there's some really interesting questions I have there because there should be some really hot button names in, in my world, in the betting world. Uh, Adam Hadwin's going to be one. Bo Hostler's going to be another. I mean, Bo Hostler seems like a good fit there. And you've got Andrew Putnam coming off a great week. Alex Noren always played well in the desert. I mean, there's a lot of activity right there. Akshay. Akshay still Love striking it. the ball incredibly. Can he mm-hmm. make enough putts? Is he like a Scheffler mode? Um, when it comes down to it for me, you know, we hadn't talked about this, but I wanted to go triple Taylor on you today. Okay. All right. And Taylor Montgomery was one of them. But from what I've seen and what I've seen last fall and a little bit of 2023, I'm also interested a little bit further down the board in a guy by the name of Taylor Pendrith, who finished top 10 at Sony last week. Was very, very good. Super long. Was good with the flat stick. Had a very, very good fall. We talked about him a bunch in the fall. It seems like that ball striking's carrying over. Did some scoring last week at the Sony. And he's definitely sitting in that more like 90 to one range where I get more comfortable at the Amex starting to throw picks out because at the end of the day, I think this winner is going to come in that like 50 to 150 range. And um, it's just going to be one of these guys that has been showing signs recently. Taylor Montgomery is definitely one of them. JT's one of them. I think Pendrith's one of them. And my third Taylor, I'm going to flip the switch a little bit. I'm going to go Nick Taylor. 
And Nick Taylor, he was solid last week at the Sony. He's sitting on some boards around 120-ish. So for some reason, I'm drawn to these guys looking at their trends. Mm. And, you know, you think about Nick Taylor, they're like Canadian. You know, was he good in the desert? Hey, how about that second place he had last year where he was battling Rahm and Scheffler at WMPO? Um, since that time, he's only won. He's only become a national hero. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I, it's just – I. I there's some names there that catch my attention more so than all of the kind of um, hot button topic names that I keep hearing the Hadwins and hey, will Adam Hadwin have a good week? Will he be on my placement card or my DFS team? It makes a lot of sense to do that. Mm-hmm. Sure it does. But this show is about picking winners and I'm looking at trends. We're looking at the golf courses and who's doing what well. And when you go back and find those Hudson Swaffords of the world, I mean, they're doing similar sort of things. Yep. And they're built like similar style players. And, you know, if you didn't know who they were and you put Hudson Swafford, Taylor Montgomery, and Taylor Pendrith in a lineup together, that's three big dudes that pound the ball, right? Mm-hmm. And then got hot with the putter. And I'm all for that archetype going into this week. Yeah, I like Nick Taylor. I think Pendrith is an interesting call. That was one guy that I did not have anything on as I was going through my board. But I, I am with you on Nick Taylor. I think that's that's one that I can get behind in a big way. Seventh at the Sony last week. Played nice. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a good comp over to Hudson, too, right? We're looking for that Hudson Swafford kind of player. And I, I think you make a good point on the on the middle of the board, and and you know you know where I'm gonna go. I mean, I'm gonna stay with this guy, okay? I'm gonna stay with him. <laughs> there he is, the blue man, the very first blue man, by the way. Yeah. On social blue media, yeah. this was the first blue man posted that I posted. I said, "Who is this?" And you know what? You know what most people said? Justin, Justin Rose. Justin Rose, right? And it looks like Rose. I I, I didn't even think about it. Yeah. That's not Justin Rose, and that was actually captured on the range at the Amex. Right there. Wow. Cam Davis. I'm going to stay with Cam. I'm staying with him. All right. right. Can't argue there. No, I'm going to stay with Cam. I think it's, you know, the momentum. I think it's still continuing to bubble. I like Cam here at this uh, at this venue. Good guy. I think he can handle the the amateur situation. And um and so there you go. I'm 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 going to stay with Cam. The other guy that that have we haven't seen yet this year. That I'm getting good vibes on the putter and I don't worry about the rest of the game is a Shane Lowry. You know, there's going to be some rust. All right. But I do like the skill set of Shane Lowry here as well. I don't think I'm going to bet it. Um, cause I do think there's going to be some rust, but there is another guy here and I want to put this up. I want to put this up while you're doing that. Right. Okay, so, go ahead. Go ahead. so the, so the Pender thing, right? Yeah. Four of his last five starts are top 15 finishes. Right. And again, so you, you, you come back with Cam Davis. Uh, what's the body type? What's the player type there? Right? Power, precision, great wedge game. You know, we saw the putter get hot last week at the Sony. He's your first round leader. So, like, you know, folks, we're, we're, you know, uh, there's a certain type of player that seems to be evolving on the PGA Tour. Right. And if you follow us week after week, you can see, who it seems to be, and and it 
it's interesting, especially at a place where you have to just continue to make so many low scores, scores hole after hole after hole. Length is such an advantage when nine of your 12 par fives are under 550. Yeah, it's just, you know, and and I've been down this path before where I get on someone, I can see them coming, they're bubbling up, and then then I jump off. And right when I jump off over the next couple of weeks, what happens? They win. And I texted you after, of course, Davis shot eight under on, and but you know it wasn't very clean after that. He putted great, kind of kicked yeah. it around a little bit with his ball striking, but that, that doesn't bother me. I, I know where Cam Davis is going. I think it's a high ceiling, and so I like his fit here, and I think he'll put the pieces back together and some of the ball striking that we were, you know, we were seeing there yeah. in in at the end of last year uh, into the fall. So I, you know, I'm a sucker. But I'm going to stay with it because as soon as I jump off, you know what's going to happen. He's going to fall that eight under up with another eight under, yeah. and then he's going to go six, and then he's going to hang on and uh, and he's going to win on by two. So I'm that's that's my discipline. You 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 lectured me on win equity, you know, last week. Yeah. Um, and so I'm 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 going to lecture you on a little more consistency with your what you're seeing and what you're believing rather than jumping off, say, week week. So be prepared. Um, <laughs> For Cam Davis pick every single week, I guess, when he's playing. You know, the other guy we talked a lot about um, at 80 to 1 is Davis Thompson. He finished second here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't liked what we saw last week, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're kind of waiting on Davis, aren't we? A little bit. Yeah, a little regression there. But, you know, I, I, I agree with your point. If you want to stick with Cam Davis, that's fine. But the only person that's complaining about how much I talk about JT Poston is probably his wife. So, you know, I, I mean, Fleener, I, his daddy Fleener's like, God, enough, will you? My, my horse is dead. You know, I've beaten the dead horse for sure. The drum, I, I've broken through the drum. I need a new, need a new cover on the what drum. What about this guy? I mean, here's another guy that I'm just kind of, you know, I feel like is been barking up leaderboards. And can he, he makes a lot of birdies, Mr. Griffin. Huh? Yeah, seems to put better on better on Bermuda than Poa. All right. So, quick PSA. You know, we've got Poa on two golf courses overseas. We got Poa Trivialis on the third on on La Quinta. The other two are Poa straight Poa overseas. Um, these things are going to be velvety. They're going to be perfect. You know, the Green Superintendent report this week was very glowing, um, and the greens are going to look like they're glowing amongst that like you know barren landscape because they had a really good weather. Winter so far, November, December. They mentioned even that the rough would be a little longer than what the players are used to because they've had such a good, had such good growth over the last 60 days. They haven't had rain in 25 days. I know we're expecting a little bit of action this week in the forecast, maybe a little wet weather, maybe by Sunday, but they haven't had rain in 25 days. I mean, it's perfect conditions on these golf courses. So, um, you, you're going to, I mean, it's full steam ahead for these guys. And if you're picking somebody, um, who traditionally is not a desert guy. I, I don't know if Ben Griffin gets it done. All right. You, you, you threw the Taylors out at me. I'll throw the Sams, Sam Ryder, Sam Stevens. Do you have any interest? We already talked about Sam Burns. Uh, Sam Ryder. I have some interest, you know, um, Southern California seems to play well. There was your leader, 54 leader last year, right at Torrey Pines. Um, Sam Ryder could definitely make some low scores. He's a very nice ball striker. Um, he had a decent fall. I remember we talked about him early. We were uh, we were loving him after the Fortnet, you know, maybe going into the Sanderson, and then he kind of got a little murky for the rest of the, yeah. the you know, the rest of the year. Um, is he back? 
It's a good catch. Speaking of, is he back? What do you think about Daniel Berger coming back? Yeah. Well, that's where I was going to go before um, you took it is right here. Look at, I mean, he's, um, this guy's working with, um, you know, Mark Blackburn. And I was texting Ooh. with Mark a little bit about this. I mean, there's some wholesale changes going on here with Mr. Berger. You know, you look yeah. at, uh, you look at that bottom, that shaft's in a different spot. You know, it's funny. Every time I post something of a player that's got the shaft a little bit laid off and uh, I say, you know, that's not a position like that you would teach and this and that, you know, you know what falls with that. Hey, Travis, you know, you got to swing your swing. I said, everything's just about swing your swing. I was like, all right, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Okay. If I taught that swing up top there, if I, if that's exactly where I put the club with every single amateur that came through here, I would go bankrupt in easily, easily two months. Okay. So well, it's that- like, I get the, the swing your swing, you know, narrative and it's easy for keyboard warriors to throw that out there, but that's not a swing you're teaching. Like there's a few I get that are laid off. They're high skilled. They can do, you can, and you work around it. But as burgers come back, interesting. What did they do? What did they do? They didn't leave the layoff. They got it more on plane and got the club pointing more to the right. Yeah. So different, a little surprise, but, but it, it looks different. And, um, I'm excited for Berger to be back. I, I really am. I, I'm excited for Daniel to be out there. I'm excited for Will Zaltoris to be out there. You could see the rust with Will. Um, yeah. I'm I'm more worried about Will than I am Berger, though. Just knowing the changes of Zaltoris. And That's to me, to me, the what Will's having to do around his back is heavier lifting than what I just showed you with Berger there. Huh. As far as like, as far as the difference in feel and building confidence, et cetera, et cetera. I think, I do think Will's going to, you know, I think he'll be fine, but I just think of the two who, what, what, what is probably the bigger change and take a little more time and perhaps um, to own, I think it would be what Will is doing because of the difference in his spine angle and what all that means and how he used to hit the ball and, and then Berger's difference at the top of the swing. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to see those two back. I, I really am. And, um, you know, I'm not going to bet him. What's he at right now? I'm surprised. He's actually he's actually a little bit uh, – he's been bet down a decent amount, hasn't he? Oh, Zalatoris? No, Berger. Berger? Well, Berger hasn't played. When did he – when's the last time he played? He's 80 uh, – well, gosh, you got him anywhere from 55 to – I see 75 to 1 out there. Man, there's a lot of books. Holy mackerel. Yeah, there's no doubt oh, about that. Mac, how do you keep up with all this? All these these books. What's Al Torres at right now? He's like 110. He's 110. Yeah. yeah, 110. Yeah. I, I I'll I'll butcher his name, but what do you think about the Rio Hisatune? Or I don't know. I can't. I, I'm killing the name right now. Um, Hisasatsune or. Hisat Hisatsune Hisatsune, maybe that's it. What? Sorry, he was good at the I, Zozo. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Say, say it one more time. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's uh, Hisatsune. And that, there you go. That's what Rio. We, isn't that what you're talking about. Yeah, Rio. Yes. Hisatsune. Yeah. Yeah. Japanese 30th star. At the Sony. Yeah, thirtieth at the Sony, sixth at the Zozo. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a. I think that's a young, like up and coming foreign star that mm-hmm. uh we need to uh, I'm not going Make there this week, but we're down here in that 
in that fun land. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, you know, Matt Kuchar's not running through that door. So, you know, it, when you start to compare, oh, there's Grayson Murray right next to him. Yeah. He's moved up 200 points. And Carl Yuan, some of the, some of the names that we saw last week. I'm not going to go there, but if I, in my tournament career, could hit the ball that far offline and then get a drop like that, I mean, come on. You kidding me? What do you think about a 200-to-1 bomb, Tyler Duncan? So Tyler Duncan's got a pretty decent history there. Uh, Tyler is a very, very good driver of the golf ball, and Mm -hmm. I I would love to see him at a place where that matters more. Okay. Um, he, he can he can putt well, uh, but you know you look at where he won. He won the RSM Classic what like five years ago now in a playoff, and he's just um, I know Tyler's coach very very well. I worked with him uh, in my career at one point, and I mean he's just like literally threads the needle with that driver. But the rest of the game isn't as elite as the driver, and I would rather put him on a golf course that's very very difficult to hit the fairway. And yeah. then, and then work back from there. You know, it, it's, it just doesn't separate enough. It's the same thing with Scotty, yeah. you know, yeah. the, it, and I'm not comparing Tyler Duncan to Scotty Scheffler. But what I'm saying is that Scotty is better than everybody at ball striking, but you don't have to be that good here. I mean, we're playing a pro-am on three resort golf courses that are all under 7,200 yards. All of them have four par fours. I mean, uh, I think 16 of the 30. 16 of the 30 par fours are under 425 yards. I mean, for guys like Taylor Pendrith and Cam Davis, I mean, these guys are driving the ball. You know, they had, what, a 356-yard par four in the 10th hole there at YLA last week, and, you know, a third of the field drove it on the green. So, you know, it's one of those things where I just – I need a different golf course for Tyler Duncan. Well, I mean, you know, to your point last week, we saw um, Austin Necro. I mean, that dude can drive it through. Oh, I mean, that guy can drive it down I-95 and get that ball to bounce right down the middle of the, of the road. Yeah. And I, I saw it in person at the college showcase. I went out there. I spent some time with um, with him. He's a great young man and um, played at Texas. His dad's out there, travels around with him on tour. And, and uh, I, I was just blown away. Like, this dude hits it like. Calvin Pete off the tee. I mean, straight. That's straight. Unbelievable. And so you saw him last week run up the board. You know, that was a good, you know, had to keep it in front of him a little bit more uh, at Sony. So, yeah, I think those, I think those are um, good points. As I, uh, as I sprinkle down the board, I mean, do we go with, do we go with dry January and go uh, Harrison Endicott? I saw his quote about, you know, he was tired of being hungover and he's trying to, you know, get off the sauce too. You know, 201. I'm going to spend my money a couple other places. Okay. Okay. You know, the, uh, I don't know. You know, when I look at it, EVR catches my attention right there He's, under a hundred. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. I agree. I like For sure. That. Yep. I, I think if you like that again, if you like that Sam Ryder style player, mm-hmm. um, really good ball striker from time to time gets hot with the putter can compete. And, you know, he won a birdie fest out there in Mexico and Cabo uh, back there. What was that? October, early November, whatever it was. Um, yeah, it was an emotionally charged week for EVR, but um, that's, that's the type of golf tournament we thought that he could, he could do it on. Um, somebody like Alex Norin, who's just so consistent with his ball striking. Um, 
not super long. So this type of golf course is like kind of suits him. And that's where, that's where when water starts to find its level and the guys don't need as many drivers and they are all great wedge players. And then somebody goes absolutely just inferno with the putter. Um, that's why we get these 200 to one winners. And uh, we're seeing that more and more. You know, I got a theory about that. You got a second? Sure. I think that as fans, forget betters for a second, but I think as fans, if you look at the last two weeks, but especially last week, I think that the guys that are in that middle to lower tier on tour that don't get in the signature events are approaching these weeks way more aggressively, way more aggressively. I think they are all over just like showing up and going, I'm going to go to 30 under this week. Now, obviously that, that's hyperbole, folks. But my point is, is that if it's a mid-teens week, they're shooting for 25 under. If it's, you know, if it's a 25 under week, they're shooting for 30 under. But because they want to get into those life-changing $20 million purse events, and once they get in, they see the opportunity that's there. So in a way, it's kind of neat the way the PGA Tour, maybe this is an unintended consequence, but we're seeing a lot more aggressive play. By mm-hmm. and, may, and maybe that's kind of the mo, the modus, the modus operandi of the younger generation as well. But like, it's pretty cool to watch when you know JT finishes at a certain number, and you're like, yeah, he's going to need like three or four more. Yeah, you know, on Sunday at YLA, and and for me, I just I just love to see people pull out that driver and just attack, 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 and mm-hmm. uh, that I think over time, and these guys pushing to get into those big money events. Um, is super fun for us. I think that's I think that's interesting. You mentioned EVR. He finished sixth here last year. You mentioned EVR, right? You still there? Yeah. Can you hear me? Oh, I lost him. Where'd he go? All right. That's enough for the day. Anyway. We uh we lost him. Lake Nona. It's, I guess it's a LPGA tour uh time for him to start talking. That's a wrap for today. Uh, we've got uh, coming on Thursday, we've got Jeff Pierce, uh, one of the top short game coaches out there, works with Brooks Kepka and some others. I've been working on this for a while. I've got some really cool short game stuff to share with you guys, so you're not going to want to miss that on Thursday. Grayson uh, Murray will join us next week, of course. Um, you've got uh, Keith back on Tuesday as well. There you go. I think he wants one more thing to say. Can you hear me, Keith? Yeah. There he is. I don't know what happened. But. It's that mute button thing, right? Anyway, I was just, I was wrapping it up. Those are good bets. I've got, um, all right. So yeah, so look at, so I've been, you know, I've got, uh, give me Cantley. You know, I'm, I'm back on JT again, posting my boy Davis. Montgomery was my first look at 50 to one. I'm back on Putnam and I love the Nick Taylor, um, long shot as well. So those are, uh, that's my, that's my card to get Keys full card. Go to read the line. You want it. PGA Tour, LPGA Tour, 14 winners last week. Keith, thank you, my friend. We'll be back next Tuesday with a little more California love. Ooh.